privilege to be here, gathered together in the Lord's house this morning. If you'll turn with me, if you have a copy of God's Word, turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. If anyone needs a Bible, please raise your hand and uh, we'll get you one. Before, uh, before we get into the sermon this morning, let's, uh, let's pray. Father, I, uh, I come to you this morning, Lord, I, uh, with no, no strength of my own, Lord. Lord, any, anything I say, it, it's, it's God's plan. And Lord, I just ask that you, uh, you, you edify your flock this morning, Lord, you speak words, Lord, that, uh, that they would hear the words of the shepherd this morning, Lord, that, that, you, that they would uh, be encouraged, Lord, and that they would see you in your word this morning, Lord, and that I just ask you to help me as, as, I, uh, as I deliver the word as, as, as your instrument, Lord, give me strength. Lord, these things I pray. Our sermon text this morning will be in Colossians chapter 2. Before we get into the text, I'm going to give you just a brief overview of, uh, of the book of Colossians. So, so the book of Colossians is, is a letter, it's an epistle, which is a letter written by the Apostle Paul. And now, uh, and, and the, the letter is written to the church in Colossae. Modern day Turkey, which is Asia Minor, you have the Church of Colossae. And Paul has never actually been here to this church, but he has heard about them through the ministry of a man named Epaphras. Epaphras established the church in Colossae and visited Paul, which who's now in prison in Rome, writing this letter. So you have Paul in prison writing a letter to the Colossians, having never met them, but he's heard about them. And we start in chapter 2 this morning. The reason I, I chose this text is, is because I, 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 in, in, this, in, in, in this passage here, I see the, uh, I think we can see the heart of the whole epistle. We can see the, everything Paul's trying to tell the Colossians can be, can be, can be found in, in, in its core, its core message here. And I think it, it, it is, if the Lord gives me strength, it's extremely profound. And I hope, I hope that, uh, that we can get this together this morning. But, but uh, in chapter 1, leading up to this passage, he, he, goes through, uh, he goes through telling the Colossians how he's, he's not ceased to pray for them. We, we read that verse every, every Lord's Day uh, before we pray. We have not ceased to pray for you. And, and so... He's heard about them, and since he has heard, so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. And he goes on to tell about the, just the preeminence and the majesty of Christ and how he's struggling for them and for all, all of God's church, all of Christ's church. And, lead, and that leads, leads into the passage here we're going to get into this morning in chapter 2. So let us read chapter, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you. And for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach
reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. So this is a lot. There's a, Paul's saying a lot here in, in, in a few words, but, but we're going to break this up into three points this morning. Uh, we're going to look first at the, Paul's struggle. Paul's struggle for, for this, for this uh, target audience of this letter. And then we're, we're going to take a look at and, and, and try to, as God gives me grace, we'll try to unpack God's mystery. And my second point, and the third point, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss the uh, dangerous delusions which which Paul is is, uh, is 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 here addressing. And so we'll get right into the first point, and that that is Paul's struggle. Paul's struggle for the Laodiceans, or uh, the Laodiceans and the Colossians, and all who have not seen him face to face. Says, I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you. And so he 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 wants them to be made aware that, that he, he doesn't want them to not know that he's he's out here praying for them. He doesn't want them to not be aware. He wants them to be made aware of the struggle. And, and this 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 struggle here, uh, this word comes from the Greek agon, which where, where we get our word agony. So Paul is agonizing. Uh, and, and the Laodiceans and all who have not seen him face to face, he's agonizing. And uh, and, and we, if we, if we look at chapter one, we see the, the context of his agony is, as, as I discussed previously, Colossians one nine. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. And we see also in verse twenty eight, we see. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. So Paul is struggling from prison, struggling in prayer and intercession, and, and, he, and he is struggling and laboring in his ministry of teaching. And, and, and at this point in his life, being in prison, he's writing, he's writing these letters and he's encouraging the, the believers. And he's struggling. And he wants, he wants the Colossians who've never met Paul, he wants them to know about his struggle. And, and, uh, and I think it's important here to draw out that, that he's not just, he's writing this to the Colossians, but he also includes Laodicea. Now, Laodicea would have been a neighboring city. It's, it's right down the road from Colossians. Uh, it, 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 it's not, we don't have proof, but it appears that Laodicea would have come about through Epaphras' ministry also. Because Paul discusses uh, Colossae, Laodicea, and Hierapolis, all three twin cities in the, the Lycan Valley in Asia Minor. Uh, they're, they're all, are, are, are these three cities are all neighboring cities, and Paul, uh, Paul, won't, he's never been to any, he's never been here, but he wants them to know. And in fact, in Colossians four, we see that he he instructs the Colossians to have this letter read in Laodicea as well. So he wants. He wants the Laodiceans and the Colossians to know this struggle. And, 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 and the category, I think it's important to draw a category around this. Uh, this, this struggle that he wants them to know of is, is, is a burden for the people who have never seen him. These people have never seen him face to face. And so Paul is 
drawn out, as we read in our call to worship, that, that he, he would see all, all the Gentiles, all, all the church, all the body of Christ mature. And, and he's struggling and he is uh, and he's laboring. But he but he wants he wants them to be made to be made aware of this of this labor and, and and I would add today brothers and sisters that we though indirectly we we fall in this category so we we are among those who have not seen the, the apostle face to face and I, I think it, it's clear that to see and see in his heart here that, that he that though he he never met us he would have a burden for us as well that, that he wants this group of people that have never seen him face to face to be made aware of this struggle. Uh, and, 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 and it's important to know that he's, he's struggling for something. He's not, he's not just struggling to struggle. He's, he's struggling here for a purpose. He's laboring for a purpose. And he goes on in verse 2 to, to uh, he begins to get into that, to that purpose of, of that labor, that struggle, which is that their hearts Maybe now I'll, I'll start back in verse one to give more context. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you, and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding. We'll, we'll get into the full assurance of understanding later, but I want you to see here that he wants them to be encouraged to reach or to attain something, and and. and and the uh, the English is unfortunate here in that it doesn't capture it doesn't quite capture the uh, this phrase being knit together in love. And, and the, and the, it, it's not really it's not very easy to, to get this the way it was in the Greek. So you have here a uh, what's called an aorist participle, and, and I don't want to. This this is this is kind of like an adverb in our in our, our modern language describing a verb. The verb here being uh, may be encouraged. The heart hearts may be encouraged. The heart hearts their hearts plural. That's that's the noun may be encouraged, and it's describing that verb. And, and the best metaphor I, I, I could come up with is is, uh, is we say in our language I, I, I want you to run swiftly. Toward, toward the goal. So I want you to run, that's the verb, and swiftly describes how you're running. It, 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 it's, it's attached to the, uh, the idea of running so that the picture in your mind is, is not just running, but running swiftly. So Paul says, I want you to be encouraged, being knit together in love to attain or to reach. So he, he, wants, he wants them to want something. He wants them to desire this. He wants them to be encouraged to, to reach something, and he wants them to, to want it in the right way, and that is in the context of, of being knit together in love. And so, so I think it's important here to draw a, uh, and, and, and it's, the Word of God is so full of this, of this idea of, of believers dwelling in unity. Uh, and this, this is this is the context in which Paul would have them reach these riches of full assurance. But but we're we're going to touch on a few passages here just to 
to expand this point. And the, the first being Psalm 133. Hold on, just three verses, the whole chapter reads, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded his First John 3.16, we read, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. In 1 John 5.1, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. And so we, we see this idea of, of, of brotherly love. We see that God puts, puts this love in our heart, but we also see as we draw from Romans 12, 9 and 10. Let love be genuine. Abhor what, what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. And so there is a sense in which God puts, he puts this love, he puts this love in our hearts for our brothers, and he also puts on us a responsibility to stoke that flame. He kindles the fire. We stoke the flame of affection for our brothers, for the brothers and sisters in, that is in Christ. And so, so Paul would have them in, in this context of unity, and, and, and I, would, I would point out that, the, uh, that this, this phrase, being knit together in love, it can also, be, it can also in the Greek mean being, being united. It, it, uh, so unity, or, or being knit together in love and unity, Paul, in this context, would have the Colossians, the Laodiceans, and all who have seen him face to face. He would have them reach or attain what, what he describes next. And that, that leads us into our second point this morning. So what, what is it that Paul would have these believers attain to? What is it that he would have them reach? And I, I say attain because, because this word reach here, reach all the riches of full assurance, uh, it can also be translated attain. But... Uh, We'll, we'll, we're going to start with this because there's a lot to unpack here, and, 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 and uh, I'm going to try, as the Lord gives me grace, to step through it a phrase at a time so that we can better understand. But you have you have here. Let me back up. Let's actually let's read this this full verse first. So I'm going to start from the from the top. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And then this is a lot here, brothers and sisters, but, uh, but let's start here with this phrase, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding. This is what Paul, this is what Paul would have them attain. Riches of full assurance of understanding, and, and, and these these words in Greek are, are uh, this phrase translates translates fairly fairly well into Greek. So you have riches, which means a uh, wealth or something valuable, something to be sought after. So you have the idea of something something you should want. Riches, you have you have wealth. There's wealth. There's riches. There's something you want in in this. You should want. That is the riches of the full assurance, which comes from the Greek word pleurophoria, which, which is the idea of confidence 
are being convinced of something. So he wants, he wants them uh, to be fully convinced, to be fully confident in their understanding of the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. And so, so you have this idea, Paul, Paul would have them attain, you'd have them reach this full assurance that is, a, that is rest. It's, 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 it's a, the idea of a soul at rest is full assurance that, th that there's nothing else there's nothing to be desired you're, you're at, your soul is at rest and, and this comes through the understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery which is Christ and so you have understanding here which is sunesis in the Greek a, a literal putting together in the mind grasp of it, to get it, to understand it. And you have uh, the knowledge here is, is literally, our literal idea of knowledge, it translates translates in the Greek to our, to our idea of knowledge very well. But, but you, it's unfortunate in the ESV translation that it's, uh, you, kind of, you kind of miss the idea of, of what he's saying here a little bit because uh, there's a Greek preposition here in between understanding and knowledge. So, so the literal the literal Greek would be suneseos eis epignosim. So that, that is literally understanding to or understanding into the knowledge of God's mystery who is Christ. And so you have the object of their understanding, from where they get their full assurance, is Christ, knowledge of Christ. And so you have Paul, Paul wanting them to want to, to want to find their full assurance in understanding who Christ is. That's what, that's what we have here. That's the picture that Paul's painting here. And so, so assurance comes from, from understanding the question, who is Christ? That, that's where our assurance comes from, and and uh, and, and so, so how how do we how do we answer that question? How do we endeavor to to search for for these treasures of knowledge and wisdom that, that are found in Christ? And, and I believe our our, uh, our children's catechism answers that very well. And, and uh, one of the catechism questions is, uh, where do we learn about God? That is in the Bible alone. So, where do we learn about Christ in the Bible alone? We, we, have, we have his word. And, uh, and who, who wrote the Bible? Holy men were taught by the Holy Spirit. So, God wrote his word for us so that we could learn about Christ. And, and, uh, and, and I have several passages here. I'm just going to go through them one after the other. We have John 1 1. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. You have Revelation 19. I forget the verse, but it says, The name by which he is called is the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 2 Timothy 3.16-17 and 17 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, 
for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. John uh, 17, 17, we have our Lord Jesus. When he was on the earth, he prayed for his church in his high priestly prayer. And he said, sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is true. Psalm 12, you have uh, the word of God. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. And, and, uh, and, and here we'll, we'll look at Proverbs chapter 2 briefly, because there's, there's some more good truth right here. This is the word, brothers and sisters. This is, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. What, what, I, want, what I want us to realize this morning, brothers and sisters, is that our assurance comes from learning about Christ and we learn about Christ through his word. This, this is the means by which God gave us to show us who he is. This is the means. And and, uh, and and Paul, Paul's not done here, but, but he, he goes further. And, and, he, and he, he says something, he lays out a very profound statement here. Uh, he puts, puts an exclamation, if you will, on, on this, this, this idea. And, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll read... Uh, well, we'll read back from verse 2. It says that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of the full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And, uh, and this, phrase, this phrase means literally that in the Greek. All wisdom, all knowledge is hidden in Christ. There, there is nothing... That, you, that, that there is no wisdom, no knowledge that does not come from Him, and, and I know that sounds that sounds. Uh, you might be tempted to think that sounds too good, just just too. Some don't some don't sound right about that, right? But uh, but Paul, I want to show you that Paul has proved this idea previously in chapter one, and. Uh, Let's go to chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. That, that, that this, this, I want you to get it, brothers and sisters. I want, I want us to understand and grasp, grasp what Paul's saying here. So I'm going to read verses 15, chapter 1 in Colossians. It's just, just a little before what our, our sermon text today. Verses 15 through 20 says, He this is talking about Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased as well, and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. And I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to break down all this text, but this morning, but, but I want you to, 
I want to draw out this that Paul says that all by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Everything that exists, exists in Christ. And so you have you have the, the source of all truth, the source of all knowledge, the source of, of, of every thought comes from Christ. Let, let me read this, uh, this excerpt here. All things visible and invisible, concrete and abstract, everything that can be seen, imagined, conceived, calculated, every thought, every atom, every molecule, it was all made for him. Everything was made for him. There is not anything that was made that wasn't made for Christ. The purpose of all creation, the purpose of everything that exists is for Christ. And so you have in him hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Paul gives us a literal shrew. And he, and he give, we'll see later, he gives us this as a, uh, as a truth that stands on its own and also as a prescription against false teaching. But... Uh, but I want to draw out even even more from this, in, 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 in this idea that uh, that Paul, this, this this grand truth that Paul gives, I want to draw out more, and uh, and, and I, I think I, I hope I hope uh, the Lord gives me strength to do this. But let's let's look at a couple of passages here, as, as, as we as we understand the idea that everything that exists was made for Christ. Let's look at Ephesians one seven through twelve says talking about Christ again in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to him in heaven and things on earth in him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. And, and, and I, want, I want to just, just uh, I want you to see here that, that Christ's plan to, 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 uh, to purchase us, to purchase his body is a plan for the fullness of time. He is a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And, and as we'll see more in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11, we see that, that, again, Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we have everything that exists exists for Christ. And, and we have the, the, the means by which Christ is glorified. So everything exists for his glory. And the means by which Christ is glorified is through his gospel. So we, we, have, we have here the, the ultimate truth in the gospel. Not, not just the gospel is true, not just true, but it's the final truth. The, the in, in God's 
redemptive plan, we have the purpose of all creation. So everything you see, every, everything you 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 uh, you do, everything you think, all exists so that Christ can be glorified through His gospel. And and, and, and I just I have I have uh, just several passages here. I'm, I'm going I'm to read back to back. You have uh, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Whoever believes on the Son is not condemned. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And again, in Philippians 2, we, we, we end here. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And it shall come to pass in those days that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we have the name of the Lord. His name is Jesus. And, and brothers and sisters, uh, this, this is what Paul would have us know. This, this is where Paul would have us find our assurance, is, is in the knowledge of, of who Christ is and what he's done. And you, 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 don't, you don't understand Christ without understanding his purpose for creation, his purpose for you, his purpose for all things, is, 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 is the gospel, is, 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 is that he came into the world to save sinners for the praise of his glory. And so, so I, I just I, I exhort you today to, to realize that Christ is sufficient. Yes. That, that, that in Him you have every answer. In Him there, 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 is, there is no doubt. There is no fear. It, it all finds its satisfaction in Him. Christ will satisfy you completely as, as you come to a full assurance of understanding who He is. And that you need to look no further. And, and uh, briefly, this morning, we'll, we'll go to, uh, to this third point. And, and, and this, is, uh, this, is, this is important. This is very, very important this morning uh, to realize that Paul says all this for a reason. He gives them a reason for, for, for this truth that, that, he, that he lays out. He, he, he offers a, uh, a reason. He says, I say this in order. So let's, let's read. Verses 1 through 4, in, in order, we'll, we'll read over all of it again. It says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you, and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding, the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And here, in verse 4, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. And so, so Paul adds this phrase at the, at the end of this, and, and, and the reason, and this is the reason I went to this text this morning, because one, one of the purposes for Paul writing this letter was that the Colossians were dealing with dangerous heresies, false teaching. And, and, and Paul goes throughout the rest of the letter addressing specifics of, of those teachings. But here we have we have a general antidote for all 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 plausible arguments and, and, and in the greek that literally means uh it's patanologia which means persuasive speech so paul would have them not be uh deluded or misled by persuasive speech and this is the antidote full assurance united in, in a body 
to, to be encouraged to reach full assurance that comes from understanding who Christ is. And, and that, that is what he offers. It is the antidote to every plausible argument. Everything that would raise itself up against the knowledge of Christ, the answer, the answer is, Paul gives the answer here. And, and, uh, and I want to, as, as, I, as I wrap, wrap this up, I want to look again at the Laodiceans because, because the, the Bible mentions, mentions them one more time. And, and we'll look in Revelation chapter 3. So uh, scholars date, date this, this uh, book of Revelations about 30 years after the, the book of Colossians was written. So you have the Laodiceans here whom, whom would have, they would have had that letter to the Colossians. They would have had this warning. They, they would have been would have been given all, all these truths these, these, that Paul laid out here in these warnings. And, and so, but let's look and see where they're at. In about 30 years from now, roughly, that's an estimate, but about 30 years from now. And this is, this is a, uh, the Re Revelations is, is, is a, uh, the beginning part of Revelations is a letter written to seven churches in Asia through the Apostle John while he was in prison on the Isle of Patmos. God gave him. Here, in, starting in verse 14, Revelations 3, we read what, what, he, what Christ is saying to the church in Laodicea. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write the words of the Amen, faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot, would that you are either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, and white garments so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So we see, we, we see, and, and, and I, I want to draw a point directly to the word, uh, to, to the, the idea of delusion. So, so we, we hear delusion and we think, uh, Delusion is, is either you're, you're fully convinced of this or you're not, but, but we don't realize that delusion, being misled, deceived, being deceived happens in degrees. And so here you have the church in Laodicea saying they're rich, they've prospered, they need nothing. Out, outwardly, they, everything seemed fine, but they, they had been deluded, brothers and sisters. They had been misled, and, and, uh, and, and the Lord rebukes them. He says, you're poor, pitiable, blind, and, and, and naked. You don't, you, they don't even know it. So that, that's the danger. And, and, and so I, I challenge us this morning, uh, challenge you to, to pray to the Lord, as the psalmist said. He said, search my heart, see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. And so, so, so I, 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 want, I want us this morning to, to realize that, that full assurance comes from understanding Christ, understanding what he's done. But, but but to what point have, have we strayed from that already? To what point are we deluded? To what point 
have we not realized that we've missed, we've missed that mark? And, 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 and Christ offers the solution here. He says, in the King James, says, be zealous, therefore, and repent. And so, uh, we, well, in Isaiah 54, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him come to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon and so here, here we have we have the we have the answer is again, come to Christ. Everything, everything, all, all your answers, everything is found in Christ. Rest completely on Him. And I, and, and and just as as I, as I conclude, I, I would challenge us this morning, all of us, me included, are we resting completely satisfied in our understanding of who Christ is? Do we have complete and total satisfaction? If not. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Seek the Lord. He said, you'll, you will uh, seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. Now, that was, that was written to Israel during the time of captivity, but, but I believe it holds true for us today. He says, he who seeks finds, who asks receives, to him who knocks it shall be opened. And he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Mm. He, he's right there. He says, if any man hears my voice, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, brothers and sisters. So here, here we hear the voice of God. And I say, today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. Seek the Lord today. Examine your heart. Lay your heart out with the Lord today. And, and, uh, and experience that rest, that satisfaction that can only come from understanding Christ. Let us pray. Father, I, uh, I thank you this morning, uh, Lord, for this time.